Hello and welcome to Level Zero Literacy. I am Mason, and today we are bringing you Spec Ops of the Line, a very special game that was incredibly fun to play. Uh, during the episode, we are going to spoil it from beginning to end, and folks, we are going to go to some really dark places in this episode. I'm going to extend an extra, extra, extra emphatic content warning for all the stuff we're going to talk about. It's going to involve the horrors of war, PTSD, mental illness, a lot of you know bodily harm and dismemberment. So if you're not in a good place, this might be an episode to skip. Uh, if you're not, I would encourage you to listen because it's a really great one. Anyway, uh, enjoy. Hello and welcome to Level Zero Literacy. My name is Mason. Join again by my beautiful co-hosts, Buck. I need covering fire. And Sam. I hate grenades. Today we're talking about a fantastic little gem from the 2010s called Spec Ops The Line. Spec Ops The Line is a 2012 third-person shooter that was developed by Jaeger Entertainment and published by 2K. The game was directed by Corey Davis and Francois Coulon and was written by Richard Piercy and Walt Williams. The game sees player uh, the player starring as Captain Martin Walker as he leads a squad of two other Delta Squad members through the ruins of Dubai in search of the elusive John Conrad, leader of the damned 33rd Division. The game takes inspiration from uh, gameplay-wise other third-person shooters of the time, including Gears of War and Call of Duty. And as far as writing, it takes what seems to me very, very heavy inspiration from works like Heart of Darkness. What do you guys think? I can't believe this game came out the same year as Dishonored, and Dishonored is lauded as this, as this like masterpiece. And this game has kind of been forgotten to time. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more of a cult hit. It hasn't yeah. aged, like it hasn't really had its same level of popularity as Dishonored has. Yeah, and and especially since we talked about it a little bit off pod last week, I think, or maybe it was on pod about 2010s games. I do think this game is like i hear people talk about it and say it has a good story but i really think people undersell yeah absolutely how interesting this game is it's super super well made i was i went into this game kind of like knowing some of the big story beats like you end up turning on your fellow americans and the wife lost for a scene and all that but the level of detail there is in this game really blew me away. Everything from the major story beats all the way down to specific character interactions and the minutia of how things play out over the course of the story. I think what I would say is what I was impressed with the most, and this is saying a lot because this is a very impressive game, is what a third-person cover shooter does as far as imagery and sound design. Yeah, It is unparalleled Mm -hmm. with games from this era. I I really, I thought it was really, really cool how they were able to integrate music into the game by developing this radio system, this system where there's a guy who is broadcasting as if he's a radio DJ all the time. But even after you blow up his tower, there's still music playing, mm-hmm. yeah. which makes me think that it's like, it gives you a little bit of like concept of PTSD or delusions or, you know, just becoming comfortable with the situation. And as a result of that, like kind of treating it like a game as a soldier. Yeah. Know, all it's the, really cool. All the music is diegetic in one way or another. It exists mm-hmm. in universe. A lot of it is the radio man fucking with the player character, mm-hmm. like pretty openly. 
And then even after the death of the radio man, there's been an event in the story that kind of sees the main character's mental state rapidly decline. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that point he's experiencing heavy hallucinations. And at that point, the music is still diegetic because mm. it's hallucinated. Right. Uh, the game plays with a lot of themes of, you know, the horror of war, yeah. how it dehumanizes people mm-hmm. who partake of it, how it dehumanizes the victims of an occupying force. Mm-hmm. The game speaks very at length about torture, about American interference in the Middle East, which mm-hmm. is a very like salient thing, a very specific thing coming from a shooter game. Especially from the mid, like early 2010s. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This was still, I mean, even 10, 11 years after the uh, the uh, 9-11 attacks and the invasion of Iraq, like this was still like something you that you didn't really see touched yeah in a lot of media in this in the way that this does and in a very very anti-war uh way in a way that condemns the US's actions in a lot of very specific ways you see yeah. very you see graphic depictions of white phosphorus attacks graphic depictions of waterboarding and torture i like that it doesn't really try to paint any of the factions in this game as the good guys yeah yeah all of the factions in this game end up being morally gray except for the CIA, I think. Mm-hmm. I I do think if you count the 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 Arabian survivors. I I just those people are allied with the CIA, but they're not really I don't know, it's hard because they don't really understand the CIA's true motives. Yeah. Whereas like they're just trying to defend their homes. They're just trying to give themselves some resistance to the occupying force. I love the depiction of the CIA in a very realistic, <laughs> historically grounded way. Yeah. As people that are only around to protect the United States' interests. The cleanup yeah. crew. Yeah, the cleanup crew, the cover-up crew, mm-hmm. right? It's none of this like, oh, they're these steely police type people who are uh, looking out for the greater good. It's uh-huh. like, no, these these people just are solely focused on the United States image on the on the global stage. And I like how one they acknowledge that and two the Delta Squad your your characters are like uh yeah this is a CIA guy he's just here to you know fuck around and do whatever the CIA does. They're not really our allies. You know, like <laughs> it feels so grounded, so like refreshingly grounded, especially when compared to like Call of Duty, when compared yeah. to Gears of War. Where the violence is the point uh-huh. and it never, you know, there's no meditation. There's no thought given to the effects, at least not in the same way that this game does. Before we get too far away from the violence point, the fact that executions give you so much ammo. Yes. Oh, no. It's wild. Oh, it's... It gives you, and it, it <sighs> plays into a very specific <laughs> thing that happens with executions that I'll get into as we or maybe y'all will talk about. Mm. I don't know if y'all noticed it, but yeah, it's it's so good. Uh, you know, in the fr- in the first part of this podcast, I want to talk about the first part of the game. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Delta Squad dropping into Dubai. I want to mm-hmm. talk about their confusion. I want to talk about motives. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about that. Something that's really interesting to me. <laughs> 
You know what, like, the first piece of intel you find says? What is that? It's effectively, the first piece of intel is literally like, uh, hey, we were here, we failed. This is Conrad writing. Yeah. Um, I did what I thought I had to do. If you come here and you see my guys, they're just here following orders. And that's effectively what it says. Even though... This place has ended up how it is, which is a weird, fascistic, you would call it a... a it's like martial law, yeah, right? Yeah, martial law. You would call it... Yeah, it's martial law, effectively. And I thought it it's interesting that the first piece of intel explicitly says that, considering the first things you hear Walker, Walker say are, Conrad's a good guy, right? Yes. Like, And he just... He has so much faith in him because he saved him once. You know, this might be a controversial take as well. I think Conrad is probably the best person to... The best leader figure we get in this game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Because he, like... Mm -hmm. You can tell that despite his... He has has good intentions despite, like, doing things really poorly because he's doing things through the lens of military experience. Mm -hmm. But... All the bad things that happen in this game, well, a majority of the bad things that happen in this game are a direct result of interference from outside parties. You know, he, he at the end of the day, he realizes he did something hor- horrifically wrong. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like Conrad did what he felt he had to do uh-huh. and did it to the best of his ability. It's just that the best of his ability wasn't very good. It's just he did everything through the scope of what he knew. Mm-hmm. And that scope was just a poor fit for the situation that he found himself in. And I also think this situation kind of speaks to how the writers of the game and me, because I kind of share this opinion as to the failures of what happens if like you only use like military expertise and intelligence to lead. Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone, everyone who you speak to in the game plays that kind of part from Gould to Riggs to Conrad mm-hmm. to even uh Martin himself, right? It's it's all they're all military men. Yeah. They're all people who have been trained in a certain way and that is to establish control and to lead by force mm-hmm. and to follow these military protocols. And they do and it never works out for them. Mm-hmm. The, the reason I wanted to talk about the beginning of this game specifically is that it is the one of the most shocking things to me in this game. And mind you, a lot of things are very shocking. One of the most shocking things to me is that one of the first lines in the game is that the mission, Martin Walker, the, the player character, says that the mission is to help uh, Conrad. They are there to sort of recon the situation they are there to figure out how bad things have gotten in dubai Mm -hmm. and then see if they can help if at all possible and then shockingly quickly shockingly quickly by i think chapter two Uh you are you are fighting the 33rd uh you are slaughtering the 33rd you you fight a few of the ins, uh, of the insurgent like UAE residents like right the, at the beginning, yeah. right at the beginning, and then you never fight another one. That it's like you are killing Americans mm-hmm. f- very fast. Um, the mission just like falls to shambles, and like 
it's difficult because one Walker is an unreliable narrator uh, throughout the whole game, right? Like, yeah. and and you perceive things through Walker. You can't you can't perceive other things exactly. And so, like, you can kind of see where he's coming from from the things he's perceiving and hearing, but he also seems to be really malleable to new information and not question it at all. Right. No. Like he just listens to what the CIA guys well, say. He, he's a soldier. He's just yeah. he's bred to take orders. Right. That's so he's true. just these people he views as higher ranking than him, he's just taking them at their word until he has a reason to believe otherwise. Mm-hmm. He also believes and this I mean, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing to think, but it's part of his undoing, is that people if people are not actively trying to shoot him, then they have to have his best interests at heart. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And this squad goes back and forth on whether or not the CIA can be trusted. And Walker will say like, well, we can't trust them, but they're not trying to kill us. Yeah. So we might as well help them along. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they turn out to be one of the most destructive forces. Anyway, they steal the water from the populace. They try to clean up all of the 33rd so that no one can report that America is behind what all happened of, all of the horrible things that happened. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, it's so good, especially. And like, I want to go back to the imagery in the first part of this game. You'll just be walking through like sort of quiet parts of levels mm-hmm. and the graffiti and the, the art that you see in the levels is, it is stunning. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the graffiti that's like revolution, grows when blood meets sand yeah or like americans leave we only wanted water mm-hmm. all these other great examples of these just like very chilling things that seem to i mean you can miss them if you're just trying to move from objective to objective but they paint the uae residents as just unfortunate victims of what was supposed to be disaster and, relief relief and they're victims of everyone, right? Yeah. Like the the low the the unfort like the lowest totem pole of people had to suffer from their actual government failing them and not telling them what was going on, and then the occupation force effectively, which supposedly wasn't meant to be an occupation force, it was meant to get them in there and out, and because of the storm, they for some reason couldn't get out. I'm not sure. The logistics of why they couldn't leave are never really explained, right? There's a piece of intel that's like the sand flying around will just rip the skin off your bones. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just to weigh... You you just can't be outside. Absurdly dangerous. But you can fly in and out, right? So if you can Mm, fly... Kind of. Well, well, I don't know that you... we got in. you, You come in... After the storm, right? The storm has already the worst well, of it. The has storm exists still. Yeah, but there's a wall, and it's like outside of Dubai. Oh, there's yeah. like a little storm wall. Is it a physical wall? I didn't know that was a real thing. I don't know anything about the storm wall. What's the storm wall? The storm wall is just like it's kind of the edge of so like sand, this like big sandstorm that's going on. Yeah the the way I sort of interpreted it was that Dubai is no longer in the sandstorm, but it is ah. close enough nearby that it's kind of yeah. walling Dubai in. Ah, it's not okay. impregnable, but it is... You can fly over it, I guess. It is incredibly dangerous. And evacuating a large population, large population is just yeah. not going to be 
practical. Radio yeah. Man talks about how his uh, slapped together transmitter yeah. will only reach to the storm wall. Yeah. Right. So I get, yeah, yeah. So it's still around. Maybe it's circling Dubai. Maybe it's in the direction that is the only practical way out. But you can get into Dubai now, but not get enough people out. Mm-hmm. I want to go over. So there's a couple points in this game where you actually make some branching path decisions, and there's one yeah. point where you very much don't get to get to do that, but I, we'll talk about that a little bit. So the first big choice you make is when you get to Sage and Gould, you can either save Gould immediately or you can route and go save two civilians that kind of get taken off. Yeah. That's not really the first... That's well, the first major can choice. Can you choose whether or not to shoot the CIA guy or no? I shot him. You can <laughs> you can shoot him. Uh, uh, I mean the like the first guy. That's that's a thirty third guy. He kills the CIA guy. Oh yeah. oh 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 oh. Yeah yeah. You can kill that guy. It ends up not mattering that much um, because you end up killing him like five minutes later, anyways. Oh uh, yeah. But it is something I, you can choose to do or not. There is a few instances in this game where you can kind of hold your fire uh, yeah. or do something stealthily to get a little bit of extra intel or information about what's going on. But those moments are kind of hard to find and are fairly few and far between. Yeah. And so uh, we were talking about the the first one where you... Save Gould. You, yeah, or save or the civilians. Or save the civilians. Which ones did y'all pick? Cause I save the civilians. I save the civilians. Damn, I save the civilians. What happens if you don't save the civilians? I really want to know. Yeah, I, because, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't. Because I don't want to talk about the end yet. There's a thing yeah. at the end that makes me think it doesn't matter. I, I'm sure I that... I don't think it... I guarantee you Gould ends up dead regardless. Yeah. But you would probably get some information from him that would be proved to be beneficial later on. Although it wouldn't... It, ultimately, it wouldn't be useful because of what the CIA actually wants versus... Yeah. Like, like it's funny because if you choose the civilians, uh, Adams is happy and Lugo gets mad, right? But, like, I understand maybe Lugo's frustration that, you know, he doesn't want to be here. Um, he doesn't think they should be here and you lose your link to information but because of what the CIA ends up doing, it literally doesn't matter because well, you were going to help the CIA anyway. I mean, it right? doesn't matter, right? <laughs> Just because getting Gould's plan uh, and yeah. having a better understanding. Like, you you patch together what the plan was, just but maybe you would have gotten some better intelligence about what is actually, like, what's actually going on. Yeah. There's, like, no way to know if, like, Gould would have lied to you or not because mm-hmm. none of us went for that route. Yeah. So the next big choice was... When you're brought to the two, the soldier and the civilian who are... The execution. Yeah, the execution. And you can either shoot either of the civilians. You can either shoot the civilian, the soldier, or you can fire at the snipers. So this one is interesting because I didn't really grasp the weight of the decision until after I'd already chosen. Uh, So I chose to shoot the guy that the, the agent, right? The guy that killed a whole family, the soldier, Uh, the soldier. Right. But I didn't think about this till after Conrad doesn't really give you many details of the water thief. Uh The way he presents it, it seems pretty cut and dry that 
the water thief was trying to make sure his family survived. Um, and then this soldier kind of overreacted and like slaughtered a bunch of people. But you don't understand the context. You don't know if the water thief stole from the marina or from another family. You don't know if he might have hurt people in the meantime. You don't yeah. know if the family did anything like reacted violently to the soldier that caused him to have to like defend himself or something. Right. It seems like you're being pretty manipulated by the way Conrad presents the situation, which I think is, you know, fully Conrad intentional, right? Like, yeah. well, well, it's not. No, because it's not real. It's not well, real. It's not you're real. imagining it. Yeah. Well, I know you're imagining it, but you didn't say that. So I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I know you're imagining it, but, the thing is, right, like, if you're viewing it as Conrad, the character that is presented to you from Walker's perspective, I think that kind of obfuscation of details is something that a lot of people in power have to deal with the consequences of, right? Yeah. Which I think is interesting. I just shot at the snipers. Uh, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, which, which you know, I'm like... These guys are hanging here anyway. Well, the really interesting thing to me is that a lot of the choices in this game are obscured generally mm-hmm. by one thing being very pre- clearly presented to you. Yes. And you actually having to devise how you're supposed to go out doing the alternate thing. But it's a consistent thing, right? So it's like very on purpose. Yeah. I can't believe they put so much effort into choice of like you know they're kind of small story things i can't believe they put so much effort into choice in a game like this i don't think i've ever seen that you know (laughs) i'll get i'll get to that in a minute as well uh so the next one is whether or not you allow uh whatever they're not you kill rigs you mercy kill him i did not (laughs) i missed i i (laughs) So you were, but you would have killed him. Yeah. I killed him. I did not kill him. I let him burn. Why? So why did you let all the other civilians earlier in, earlier in the game uh, crawl around? Because uh, they were innocent. So why didn't you mercy kill those people? Uh, because I didn't really like think to shoot them at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, you know, at the, so this game plays with your expectations in a lot of ways you don't really think of those interactions as choices because they're not presented to you in a sort of cinematic way where you have choices. I could have spent a bunch of ammo on all those other people who were innocent in order to be morally consistent throughout the game. But at that point I was just thinking like Riggs is a monster and I thought that he deserved to suffer for like the horrible <laughs> monstrous things he had done. Yeah. I didn't want to give him an easy way out. All those other people and maybe this is part of I mean I know it is part of the messaging of the game is like you don't really view the civilians as like important as important or as much <laughs> of like humans yeah as you do the 33rd or the cia agents until the white phosphorus until the white phosphorus happens <laughs> no but like even after the white phosphorus there's like a tiny little interaction that i learned like a lot of people processed a different way than me 
in the middle of just like some random level, this woman who is a civilian is in the middle of you fighting the 33rd and tries to run past you. Um, and a lot of people shoot and kill her. And I didn't. Well, it's a jump. Sc- it's meant to be it's like a, a jump, jump scare. Yeah, it's a jump yeah, scare. Where you like I, shoot I her it, on accident. I did it on accident. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't shoot her. I was like trying to, I was like in stealth mode. Uh, so when yeah, she ran I was by, I was through. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely, why, so why did you shoot Riggs? Let me ask you that. Why did, why do you think that he deserved to be not just, burned alive? I don't think it's morally okay to just leave someone to burn, to die when they're damn when they're damned to death. Anyways, I don't think, I don't think that's like, making a punitive decision on somebody it is you're you're you know they're going to die anyways you Mm -hmm. might as well grant them a merciful death rather than forcing them to suffer i just don't i personally just don't believe it's morally correct to force people to suffer just because you don't believe in their actions so i think i mean like he did something reprehensible don't get me wrong and i i i I recognize that and understand that a lot, a lot of things that I think about, and I think about this like very seriously outside of the context of this game as well, is that if someone has no problem subjecting others to some sort of action, then like, I don't, I find it really hard to condemn inflicting that on them as well. Right? Like if they have no problem and Riggs clearly has no problem inflicting a pretty monstrous amount of suffering on the Arab people in the name of cleaning up the U.S.'s image. I don't see why he deserves the dignity of that not being uh, sorry to pick back up what I was saying. I think like Riggs is just a horrific monster of a human being. I didn't, I mean, I feel pretty comfortable based on his characterization in the story that there's really no redemption to be had. I mean, obviously because he's condemned to death, no matter what you choose, but you know, it's, it feels very wrong to show mercy on a man who made it a point not to show mercy on any of the, uh, on any of his victims. It's, I mean, to be fair, it's not that he... He had a lot of chances, too. The choices he made, he felt forced to make, right? There was... there. Okay. He never would have had to crash the trucks if the 33rd didn't also attack the water supply, right? Well, the 33rd was rationing the water. They were simply... You know, not to paint a broad brush that all the things the 33rd did were, like, fine. But in some sense, they were trying to get water to the people that's not what i'm saying i'm saying there is a world where if the 33rd had just allowed the water to get wherever it was going right Mm -hmm. then maybe they could have recaptured it but instead they took a rash immediate Uh, action that led to further destruction yeah and a counterpoint to your point on rig suffering i wanted to shoot rigs in the face (laughs) i mean that's another way you could interpret it as well. Sure. If you if you if you felt the like desire to be the arbiter. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to say I didn't. Yeah. The only other the only other decision with this game was the ending, so I guess we'll leave that till later. But yeah. I also kind of maybe to Sam's point, I burning to death 
it just seems like the absolute worst thing, right? Like, I understand, I kind of agree with you on Riggs, like, not caring. Like, he literally didn't care about the lives of the people he was manipulating into fighting the 33rd, right? Yeah. Like... He, he Rig- armed an insurgent group. Yeah. It, so, you know, uh, my missing means he just lit on fire. But, like, I didn't feel... I didn't feel... I mean, he's a video game guy, right? But, like, a real-life person burning to death... It, it, like if I were in literally the same situation, which I would never be 10 times out of 10, I probably still just shoot him because I didn't want him to burn to death and I wanted to shoot him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'd want. I don't know what I want. I just know what I did in this simulation of it. Yeah. And knowing like the full context of what he did, mm-hmm. it felt more right to me. Um, and maybe that's like something I need to work through and maybe that's a moral inconsistency uh-huh. on me, but like, I don't, feel right now as we've talked about it i don't feel a lot of regret for it yeah I, well it's I, easy to not feel a lot of regret when it's just a person yeah i mean it's it's yeah. pixels no <laughs> there's no telling what i would think if it was an actual feeling breathing human yeah can i talk about one of the things that really impressed me with this game yeah it's how your dialogue between delta squad evolves over the course of the game oh my god at yeah. very at the very beginning of the game it's all very coordinated collected you know these are our military this is our military language is how we're going to you know i'm in command and we're going to move through this This is a blah 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 blah. but as the game gets on you get to see how the squad is gradually more and more overtaken by their anger and their emotions through their dialogue yeah obviously you know, the actions they take or whatever, you can kind of see it a little bit in bits and pieces, but it's the picture that is painted from their dialogue is so clear and so impressive that the level of detail that went into it, especially right after Lugo dies, Mm -hmm. is so, so impressive to me. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Mason popping in for the mid-roll ad. I'd like to remind you to maybe take a breather, go do something that makes you happy. I know this episode's content is, like I said earlier, very heavy. At any rate, please like, comment, subscribe, do all those nice social media metrics that are going to push us to the top of those algorithms, and of course, rate us five stars. I'll go ahead and shoot you back to the episode now. Bye-bye. There's a decision we didn't talk about. What's that? Oh, the you talking about the crowd? Yeah, the, yeah, the Luke, crowd. Lugo's execution. That that one is like I was impressed with how they I, obscured the alternate. I, I, yeah, I had to reload because I'm like, so I tried to walk out twice. Yeah, I did too. I tried to just you. walk out twice. It seems like you can melee, but I think the intended thing to do is shoot in the air. It is to not have to kill civilians yeah so did you did you kill people uh i did it i did it i did it i saw what happened i got the achievement and then i reloaded to last checkpoint to undo it because because i kept dying i'm like i can't figure out how to not die to this crowd that's the point yeah so (laughs) that's the point they want they they want to drive you as a player to be angry enough to start shooting civilians because that is what might happen in the mind of a soldier which again like i guess 
I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to like blindly praise this game and say like this game is like so amazing, like mechanically or whatever. It is, but it, it is. It, it's it's so good at doing that. Yeah. Like I, I've I don't really have games make me feel like that typically. It, right. It's so brilliant in that it actually <laughs> forces you to be in the headspace of these soldiers and actually make you do some decisions as if you were in the place of where they were at. I So for that decision, I thought that I was going to have to fight out and I just shot into the air like, well, you know, see if it works. And I breathed such a sigh of relief like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to have to slaughter these. Yeah, this isn't that the airport scene yeah, the infamous Call of Duty. airport scene from Modern Warfare 2 oh my god <sighs> i was like i am for sure going to have to like <laughs> it seems like something the game would make you do so let's talk about something that i learned doing a little bit of research about this game so originally in the development of this game the white phosphorus scene was actually going to be optional uh... and there was going to be a large branching path that happened as a result of whether or not you did it. Now, Sounds there's like no something you would run out of dev time for. Yeah, so there's there's no there's no clear <laughs> there's no clear answer as to why they cut it. Some people said dev time, some people said messaging or whatever. But I think this game does end up being a lot stronger by that being a a non-optional. Yeah, a plot point that is necessary to happen because not only does it really send home the message of the game a lot better and kind of shore up some of its points. I also think it makes the ending of the game a lot better than it could have been. And kind of to your point about it maybe seeming like a choice but not being a choice, I didn't... I was being really dumb in this scene because I saw them talk about that and, like, the game says there's a choice, right? Yeah. Um, There's always a choice. And... I didn't realize this. I should have realized this. I picked up a sniper and started shooting snipers. And as soon as you kill one, another one spawns behind him. Another one spawns behind him. Yeah. Another one spawns behind him. And I didn't realize this. I went through that sequence and died. And I'm like, wait, I can't. I have to. Yeah. I have to use the thing. <laughs> this is something I learned uh, during my research for the podcast. But if you if you try like really hard not to, eventually all the soldiers will just auto lock on you and shoot immediately. Once you exit cover, like they'll, they'll just like aim bot you as a way to funnel you to, to force you to do it. And I do think that like the white phosphorus scene, despite it being one of the most talked about things about this game, despite it being one of the most highly discussed scenes from really any video game, right? You, you can't understate the effect it has on on you as a player the you know and and it acts as a huge turning point in the game in such a beautiful way right the walker coming to the realization that he's just destroyed the lives of thousands of the people that are not thousands you know 43 like 43 of the people that he was trying to save um beholding the burned remains yeah. of the mother and daughter acts as like the catalyst for the hallucinations and the psychosis and the PTSD and the shell shock that haunts him for the entire last third of the game. And it's so perfect. It's so, it so perfectly captures like 
everything that the game is in in a moment. It's so I don't know. It's they struck absolute gold with that one moment. Now, real quick, I want to see if I got a glitch <laughs> with the white phosphorus thing. I'm pretty sure I did. I just want to make sure. After you do the white phosphorus thing, you walk through, right? Yeah. You see the suffering, and you get to this guy, and he this burned like burned Soldier. flesh, and he says, "Why?" Right? I so I had to do that walk twice. Oh. Yeah, I think the game like put you back in the wrong place. Yeah, it, it literally it went to it. I got him. It showed the cutscene, and then it gave me a loading screen, and I had to do the walk again. It, it, uh, it probably just like missed. So okay, so it was a glitch. I wanted to make sure it was a glitch because I didn't know if it was a glitch or the game fucking with me. You caught the end of this cutscene, right? Though the funny thing oh, is, is that it could the, it could be the game messing with you. That's like totally because that's <laughs> that's a thing that happens later. Yeah. With, some of the checkpoints where instead mm. of giving you a you died and everything, you just like spawn back to where you were as and, if nothing had ever happened. Wow. And and so, um, yeah, the end of that cutscene where he says we were helping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, wait, wait, <laughs> like, which, you know, it is speaking to how the group dynamic changes after this happens, right? Yeah. Like Walker doesn't question what led him to him doing this right he just doesn't question it he just goes okay well this is what's happened so we continue he he almost doubles down in his resolve yeah which is horrifying he double and it's not that he well here's the thing though is he's not doubling down because he feels no remorse he's doubling down because he sees this as a failure of the people he's fighting against yeah yeah and that's reflected in the way how he does things how he carries himself throughout the rest of the game it's not that this scene doesn't affect him it's that the scene this scene is the point of no return for walker where up until now there was a point where he could have gotten out yeah and kind of just walked back on everything but after this he fully convinces himself that he has to make the 33rd responsible for the things that they have done even though he is the one that has, for the most part, caused all this suffering. Yeah. I And another more subtle change is that marks a huge shift, almost a reversal of the roles of um, Lugo and Adams, where in the first half of the game, and it's not always like 100% consistent, but Lugo is always very comic relief. He's errs on the side of caution and saving people and trying to do the right thing. And Adams is always characterized, not always. Adams is usually characterized as very by the book. He very rigidly sticks to orders. He questions Lugo on a lot of his input uh, because it is not protocol or it is against sort of a, a more rigid and strict understanding of what they need to be doing on the mission. And then after the white phosphorus scene, you know, the next huge moment we have for Lugo, he murders a man who has surrendered in cold blood, who's unarmed and says like, well, think about what he would have done. You know, think about uh, uh, the risk he still represents when we try to leave. And Adams 
starts to say things like, I'm going to carry the memory of this to my grave. You know, you need to start thinking about the effect you're having on these people. It's like a huge shift in how your supporting cast are. I feel like this is a good moment to transition into our one moments. Absolutely. Okay, so my one moment is when they... So right after this big helicopter chase, you get separated from both of your squad members, both of the other members of Delta Squad. And after you pick up Adams, you're getting calls from Lugo about he's in distress or whatever. And you assume that it's soldiers and it ends up being a mob has lynched Lugo. And so you get him down, Lugo dies. You know, you have that scene where you have the option to shoot into the crowd or shoot into the air and scatter the crowd. And then right after the crowd disperses, Adams has this line where he says, do you really think it's still worth saving all these people? And that line to me just summed up how perfect military mentality can be because it just really goes to show how the invaders think they can justify themselves when the invaded people try to protect what they have. So there's just something about that to me that was like, I can't believe that they would write something like, cause there's a lot of moments in this game that are really unbelievable to me that they would make it into a, a game and not cause a bunch of controversy. I really can't believe this game isn't heralded as more controversial than in, in modern day but I guess it's kind of been partially because it's been forgotten to time. It was like low sales numbers at the time, right? Yeah. It had to compete with, you know, Call of Duty Black Ops and but, Gears of War and shit. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of moments in this game that are just these big moments that are played out really huge. The white phosphorus, the ending, the helicopter sequence. But just those little lines of dialogue like that to me where feels so real it feels so realistic and it feels like this is all stuff that could genuinely happen and genuinely be justified by a military force it just just perfect I, to me beautiful so i you mentioning adams uh made my brain coalesce into my moment so after after lugo's after lugo is lynched you and adams are effectively just going on a killing spree on the 33rd. Yeah. You are both pissed off. You hate everything. You want to kill everything. Well, (laughs) Walker wants to kill everything. Adams is like, I'm going to follow you. Yeah. Adams follows your orders and stuff. And when you get cornered at the end, you get surrounded. And Adams is just like the, everyone surrounds you. They say, put down your weapons, surrender, Walker wants to keep on doing the mission. And <clears throat> Adams is just like, why should I surrender? Just shoot me. You know, you all have guns. Just shoot me. And when Walker says, I have to keep doing the mission for as long as I breathe. And then Adams just takes him and fucking throws him and says, well, then, like, after saying, well, then, breathe. God, I... And then you hear... Adams just firing back at them and then they retaliate and Adams is death and oh man that moment was so good yeah it was incredible oh, oh. literally followed <laughs> literally followed his commander's 
orders all the way to his grave. Yeah. <laughs> even though there was no logical reason for him to continue to mm-hmm. listen to his word. Yeah. So my one moment, I'm going to circle back around to something you said earlier. Uh, you said that one of the coolest things about this game is how much ammo you get from execution. Uh, and I think you're referring to a my one moment, a really subtle and really beautiful way that they characterize the very sharp decline mm. of the main character. Uh, at the beginning of the game, if you execute a person, it'll be like a quick shot to the head or you'll snap their neck. It's very fast, methodical, matter of fact, straight to business, right? But at the end of the game, and this is my one moment, after you've witnessed the white phosphorus deaths and the the player character is like very quickly like spiraling downward, you'll start crawling on top of people and choking them to death or like shooting them two to three times in the head. You know, you'll be swearing profusely or grunting or screaming and it's just like you know, it's such a small thing, but it says so much about the the need for vengeance that you feel. The animalistic, almost, desire uh, to kill, to to make right that that Walker has. And to that point, you know, like, you see that happening all the time. Like, you see that happening throughout the game. And, like, there was one point where I noticed it because, like, I executed people as little as possible just because of how, like, brutal it is. Yeah. And it, it just, just felt kind of wrong to it me. It also didn't, doesn't come up super often. You have to came, melee someone to do it, usually. Oh, it, it comes up pretty, it came up pretty often for me. I that saw must lots be, of people That must crawling. be a difficulty difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I bet on higher difficulties, you probably, they probably don't want to give you, you as you much You have ammo. to play very slow and very passive yeah. on high difficulty. Um, and so that mo- the moment when you're like swinging and you hit the guy and he turns into Adams. Oh my god! I I didn't good, know yeah. what to do it's, and got shot. Yeah, the first he time shot that me happened. the first time. I was like, I need to let this play out. This could well, be important. I killed him immediately. Yeah, <laughs> he just he just and and then you. and then when you execute him, you smash his skull in like two to three times. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This game, like, also has a lot to say about simulated violence in video games. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. In a lot of different ways. It's more of a sub-theme or, like, something that is present in the background that they're making statements on. But Conrad talks about how violent video games are. Uh, You know, a lot of times you're... There's, like, scenes that mirror other big, important scenes in other video games and, but it's not it's not a cool fun action moment. It's just like, yeah, if this happened in real life, this would be world shattering for like a, a, a just a horrible number of people. I want to talk about the ending. Before we talk about the ending, can I tell you my hot take? Oh, sandwich yeah. for this game. Okay. All right, let's, <laughs> all right, we're gonna do this is a new segment. Yeah, we're calling it the hot take corner. I don't. It'll probably be a different person every episode, but I'm I'm taking <laughs> whoever the first has. One. We're not going to do it every episode, but whoever has the hot take, they get to go to the hot take corner. All right, here's my hot take. Okay, I think the intel system is bad in this game. Really, I think 
it's really nice to have these things that flesh out the world and the characters a little bit. I think the implementation is so genuinely terrible that it is a net negative to the overall experience. Can you give me an example? I think the fact that you have to slow down the pacing of the game to force your players into looking into these weird and obscure places because it's not like the intel is everywhere, right? There's only there's zero to two pieces of intel on every level. So, and the levels vary wildly in their length. Each mission, you know, some missions are like five minutes and some missions are like 20 to 30 minutes. So you never really know how much time you have to look for intel. And as a result of that, you spend so much time just searching every little corner and you're like, oh, it would make sense for there to be a piece of intel over here. There were a lot of instances of me like, oh, well, there's got to be a piece of intel here because this is like kind of an offshoot little corner and there wasn't. Exactly. And every exact time, yeah. every time it's like, I feel like the whole point of this game is that you are constantly put in these horrifying, terrible mm-hmm. scenarios that me slowing down to pick up this piece of intel that is going to give me what is ultimately a very small amount of information yeah. feels like such a waste of time and such a bad has such a bad effect on the pacing of the game for me that I wish it just wasn't part of it. And they had found different vectors to divulge that information to the player. What if, what if they had put all the Intel in the way? That'd be, it'd be fine. But the problem to me is that it's so poor. I think to me, it's so poorly implemented that it would be better if it was just not in the game at all. Yeah. I, it's really annoying to be in like, a, Oh, you got to, you gotta go speed to this place, but except uh, you gotta slow down to look for yeah, the check intel. behind the counter real quick. There's yeah. a glowing. <laughs> There's a bar here. Maybe yeah. it's behind the bar. Oh, it's not behind it's the not bar. Behind the bar. You can I... still vault over the bar. There's just nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. I had. I definitely. You saw me have that experience many times where you were just like, "Don't waste your time searching yeah. this giant rooftop with tons of nooks and crannies." And There's don't get me wrong. Here. I think the intent is that you never know what you're going to find when you're out on a mission and you know, things are going to be obscured and you kind of have to like look for the truth in things. It may, it may not even be that deep. It may just be like, you know, we had these other 30 second audio clips that we're not going to be in the story Mm -hmm. that we're going to put as audio logs. And we're just going to like do the normal thing you do in a video game, which is like, make you have to look for them a little bit. And the other half of my issue is that really like, 70% 70% of the intel that you find is just about Radio Man. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I don't really care about his backstory or anything. He's just a, he's just a fun heel character that you're going to play off of because it makes really interesting di- like a really interesting dichotomy between you, this like super serious soldier, and this guy who's been stuck here and is just trying to make the best out of a bad man, situation. The Radio Man mission felt so gross. It's awesome. Like, like killing all those guys and the Radio Man just like commenting every time you kill someone. Yeah, it's vicious, man. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite mission was the uh, alone when you're in the mall and you're having to like shoot across and help your guys all the whole time, but. I, that was like a fun mechanical that's, thing. That's my hot take for this game. I really wish the intel was just not a part of this game because I don't even feel like most of the things I learned were worth the time it took to pick up the intel, yeah, to find to pick up the intel. Yeah. I want to talk... Let's talk about the ending. About the ending. The ending <laughs> is so good. The ending is probably oh. the best part about this game to me. You have found your way to John Conrad's 
hideout. It's just like a, a, a house in Dubai. It's heavily guarded. Uh, there's soldiers like playing video games on the bottom floor, trying to relax. They have a memorial to all their dead fallen soldiers. You fight your way up to the top. You see this lush apartment with, you know, notes that he's left his last will and testament to his, you know, son that says like, someday you're going to read about me and I'm sorry about what you're going to hear. Signed John Conrad. You make your way up to the top to find John Conrad painting this huge oil painting of the moment right before the white phosphorus hits the mother and child. And I would the, say it's almost even during because they're like their features are melting. Yeah, they're they're but they have like all of their skin and stuff. I would you say see their face of horror. To me, it's like it's meant to be a, a concept of what it looks like as it's taking effect. Yeah. Uh, John Conrad congratulates you on making it all the way to the top of the tower and says like, Hey, walk out onto the balcony there and see the truth. Uh, and Williams walks out just to find the decaying corpse of John Conrad who had committed suicide potentially several days to a week ago. I would say it, that this, that corpse is yeah, like the, gaunt. The state that corpse is in leads me to believe, and it's a little hard to tell because obviously we know the sand like oh, yeah, flays your flesh away. But the state of the, that the corpse is in leads me to believe that it's been quite a while. Yeah. It's been dead for a, quite Noth- a long time. All of the interactions you've had with John Conrad as the player character in the game have been completely hallucinated they started he began contacting you in person after you found a walkie-talkie after the white phosphorus mission Uh, from that point on the it becomes clear the williams is experiencing like walker walk excuse me walker it's clear walker's experiencing audio and visual hallucinations but you know there's just enough that's kind of anchored to real life that you feel like you can separate. And also, I want to point out here, Lugo and Adams did not present anything that made it obvious they couldn't hear Conrad. Yeah. Which was so weird. Now, no, it's, it was, but it was realistic. Yeah. That's what I really liked about it is as you're getting all these flashbacks into Walker realizing that he's been hallucinating this entire time and you 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 get to rehear all the dialogue from Lugo and Adams. Yeah. It plays out exactly the same to them. Yeah. From yeah. their point of view. It's just you as the player who's getting new perspective. There's like one this is like one mo- I'm going to disagree with something you said way earlier. There's like one moment in this game where you truly get a little bit of a objective kind of perspective on the events of the game. And it's like right then because you're allowed as the player, not as Walker for just a moment to see the really sincere reactions of like Lugo and Adams behind Walker's back Uh, when they see you shoot the bodies and they're like, they like look at each other like, what's he doing? Yeah. You know, for like just a moment, you get to see like how the world really is in the game. And it's like Walker freaking out it's him just declining spiraling all these things happening 
and you know the game obviously shows you in a lot of places that you're hallucinating you're breaking down but like i said you feel as the player that you know what's real and what's fake if i you know i see an enemy magically change into atoms <laughs> i'm able to say like right walker's hallucinating this is a hallucination if Walker's having a seizure-inducing scene where there's an enemy teleporting around, <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely fake. Yeah, you know his his visions flickering out. Uh, and it, it, I I thought it was so interesting to see like the corpses, and I guess one thing that was confusing to me about the choice with the CIA agent does it look like he is choking that agent out, or is he just holding that body? Which which part does this say you're talking Gould. about? There is a flashback. In the flashback, you see what looks like Walker like choking Gould. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Mm. Maybe Gould died in my playthrough. Didn't he die in yeah. yours? Yes. Huh. And he, like he died of choking, and it showed Walker like trying to resuscitate him. However, in the flashback. Oh, you have your hands around his neck in the yeah, flashback. Yeah, you have your hands around his neck in the flashback. Interesting. And remember how Lugo freaks out about yeah. how this is your fault that he died? Yeah. Yep. I You think you think that You think he might Walker have lived. killed Gould? Yeah, I think Walker killed Gould. Maybe. Huh. That that could be. And I think that's why it doesn't matter which one you pick. I'd have to go. I'd have to go back and watch that again because I didn't pick that that's up. So, but like the, the game is time. filled with details like that. that are just so, <laughs> they add so much because because I think that legitimizes Lugo's freak out a lot more. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I hadn't caught that at all. So <laughs> after that, there's one more choice, significant choice that you get to make. Yeah, the last one we didn't talk about earlier, which is Conrad points a gun. Fake Conrad points a gun at you. Mm-hmm. And is like I'm gonna count to five, and I'm gonna shoot you. And if you don't believe that any of this is your fault, you should shoot me and walk away. So you have three choices. Actually, you have three choices. Oh, yeah. There's oh, right, right, right. Two you branches. Can, you can do nothing and allow Conrad to shoot you. You can shoot Conrad, or you can shoot yourself. Now, technically, whether you allow Conrad to shoot you or you shoot yourself. You shoot yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If, there's a really, really fantastically done detail where if you let Conrad count to five, the hand, Conrad hand goes from pointing at you to you're pointing your hand at yourself. And I was like, oh, that almost was my one moment for a while because I just love the little attention to detail that has. And then if you choose to shoot Conrad, the fake Conrad, you call out to your military command, and then you have a little epilogue yeah. that you don't have otherwise where you can either surrender yourself to the U.S. military or fight against them uh, and eventually align yourself with the 33rd. So I want to hear y'all's choices first. I know what Mason did, but... I was shocked and frustrated, and I was like, look, I want to see what Walker does. And I shot Conrad. As my first choice. That was exactly what I did. <laughs> um, I wanted, like, because at this point, I feel for Walker. Not like Walker's not a war criminal, right? Right. That's not what I feel. What I feel is 
Walker's deterioration is the result of everything that happened to him. And I just wanted to see if he is going to suffer like this, right? I wanted to see where it went. I wanted to see where he went on from here after realizing this. Because he realizes it, right? Yeah. So I, I just wanted to see it is why I did that. So I shot Conrad. And then, so the reason I did it was because Conrad said, if you truly believe that this isn't your fault, you should shoot me. Yeah. And I do think that the CIA really manipulated, not at all points. Obviously, Walker is responsible for the white phosphorus that, you know, the CIA had no hand in that. Mm. He's responsible for a lot of stuff. But Walker protected Riggs stealing the water and taking it away from the people of Dubai. It seemed to me in a lot of ways that some events were inevitable and and the CIA interference really like caused horrible harm in the game. And then I surrendered my gun at the end. I didn't really like understand what was going to happen there. I thought like if I fought back against the U S army, like coming to rescue you, it'd be like a, death by police kind of like the ending of red dead redemption or whatever really it's like the ending of halo reach yeah you know about the ending of halo reach yeah the ending of halo reach is just you fight an endless horde of the covenant until you die oh i see and so like i thought it would be much more poetic for walker to have to live with what he'd done yeah which is like i said not it's not all the cia's fault the white phosphorus he should have to live with right Mm mm-hmm did you shoot Walker? Sam? No, I just let Conrad uh, shoot him. I was no, tempted. well, he not he. I let Conrad get to the end of his countdown. Then yeah, Walker shoots himself. But you know. I I was tempted to do that. That that's the ending that makes the most sense to me. His psychosis is too much for him to handle. You know, he. I don't think there is any outcome that is justified if Walker gets to continue to live. You know, because the military is not going to convict him. They're going to say that all of his actions were completely justified. Yes, he has to live with the things that he did, but there's never going to be any actual justice done for what happened in Dubai, right? To me, I guess morally, I I don't agree with the idea of just letting him commit suicide. But logistically, I think to me, (laughs) the idea that... He's not going to go into a just world. He's not going to go into a just world. His psychosis has completely taken over his psyche. To me, it just it just made sense that the only man that he respected in this entire operation, Conrad, is the one that kills him in his mind. It's really complicated. There's a lot of things wrapped up in it. I don't. I mean, like I personally don't see suicide as a fitting conclusion narratively, ethically, maybe. No, ethically, absolutely not. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, I'm not even going to question that. Yeah. See, I have a different beat on Walker than you do, I think. I personally think Walker... I Now, maybe this is my bias as to the epilogue happens if you shoot Conrad. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think Walker probably... I think Walker stands by his convictions I and shoots Conrad because that's what his goal was, right? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't I, know. I, I think Walker is just a fundamentally broken person at the end of this. 
and confronted with the idea that it, none of it was real would lead him to a moment of paralysis and self-retribution. I, I really liked Con- one of Conrad's last lines, which is like, hey, you know, be thankful. At the end of this, you get to go home. And in my mind, the way I sort of saw the last moments of the game, the way I chose it, it's not that he gets to go home. It's that he has to go home. Yeah. Uh, it's that, like, even the thing Conrad outlines is, like, his one blessing is, like, there's still, like, a, a twist to it, which is that he has to live. He, you know, he doesn't get to die with all the horrible things he's done. He has to live with them. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't have it like Lugo or Adams where taking it to their grave meant just like just a little bit longer for Walker. It's like taking it to your grave is is going to be the rest of your life and knowing knowing what you've done, knowing you're a monster. And I I really like the line at the end where when they're taking Walker away in the truck and the soldier asks Walker, like Walker, I, I think, I don't remember the specific wording, but it's something to the extent of how did you survive this? And he says, who says I did? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a good line. What, I mean, is there any kind of quote like that in, in your ending? No, you're or? just dead. No, you're, you're just it dead. just cuts yeah, to it just black. Stands. It's the credits and then the main title screen. Wow. Which makes, I think, perfect narrative sense to me. Yeah. All in all, masterpiece of a game. Oh yeah. I think this is this is like as far as my enjoyment of the story, the writing, this is up there with like the Metal Gear and yeah, you know, the um Disco Elysium like it this definitely, is like a, a, a cut above. It definitely has some issues to me that kind of hold it back gameplay-wise especially, but yeah. also yeah. a feat the the Intel system and everything. Yeah. But I think if they had just streamlined things a little more, this would be like a 10 out of 10. Almost perfect. Yeah. I I miss games like this existing in terms of like bigger studios making games like this. Like short games that yeah. you can actually finish in one sitting. First yeah. first place you, you or first uh, single player games with like a lot of narrative narrative to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, this game's six hours long, right? And yeah. it, was te- it was a 60 hour game when it was released, right? And like those things don't exist anymore. AAA games make... AAA studios make multiplayer live service games and like 70 hour RPG experiences. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Thank you. Indie studios, Mm -hmm. which is a good transition to what we're going to be playing next week, next episode. So, uh, this is going to be all for level zero literacy this week. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed playing and talking about it. I got to say, this was truly a delight and Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed everything from playing this game to recording it talking about it um next week is going to be a another great 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 game that sam turned me on to last year uh, it's called chicory a colorful tale so make sure to check that out if you're looking to play along with us also a sh- pretty short single player experience like eight hours true 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 um spec ops the line you can get on steam i don't know about any other platforms it's an older generation game you have to buy a used copy have to buy a used copy if you're looking to pick up chicory a colorful tale it's on every major platform steam xbox game pass it's on game pass it's on ps plus uh extras tier uh you get it anywhere we have been level zero literacy 
I think that's it. If we get to a thousand likes, comments, and subscriptions, Buck will invade a small yeah, Arabian Buck, country Buck, for their oil. Buck's gonna just re <laughs> reenact all of the acts of this game. Please do not subscribe to us. Good, goodbye. <laughs>